0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. European Union countries reached a breakthrough this week in years long negotiations over reforming migration rules. The agreement, when it's finalized, will apparently allow countries more flexibility in migration and asylum. And it'll look at uh, what they do when the number of people coming into any EU member state is exceptionally high and what help will be given from other member states. Former integration manager with the Immigrant Council of Ireland, Teresa Butchkowska, was on a News Talk breakfast this morning and she explained why still more needs to be done.
1: Obviously, any support is better than non-support, but this is very short-term support. What we really need is better policy around migration. We need legal channels for people to cross borders.
0: With me is trade unionist Brendan Ogle. Brendan, I I don't want to uh, look a gift horse in the mouth, but when you look at this, one of the factors or one of the the provisos seems to be that member states will be able to provide financial aid rather than actual aid. In other words, buy their way out of the problem of refugees. Am I taking too jaundiced a view?
1: I'm not sure that you are, actually. I was concerned about that as well <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I, I read up on this today. First of all, um, I think it's been over-reported, perhaps, in the sense that this is for exceptional situations, force-major situations, as it's, as it's described, such as happened in 2016 and 2017 around Syria. And, um, and I, it's open, it has to be negotiated now. It was agreed yesterday by the European ambassadors. There had been an, an argument last week between Italy and Germany about some of the detail. Um, but Sea rescue actually, um, and uh, but it has to be negotiated now with the European Parliament. Um, but yes, three main parameters, as you say there, anton it, it kind of reminded me of the of the carbon credit uh, thing where where you know carbon offenders can ba- basically buy themselves out of responsible behavior by you know um, buying up carbon credits while they're flying airplanes around the world. Um, It reminded me of that, and I don't mean that in a a, a cynical way. We have a situation here where we have, everybody knows, we have um, a major emergency in terms of the war in Ukraine, in terms of climate change. We also have ongoing situations in Afghanistan, Syria, and many other places. Um, And the European Union is a designated area of protection. There are people who have a problem with that. Um, But I'd rather be in an area of protection uh, than Afghanistan or Ukraine. Um, So Given that we're an area of protection, is it really fair that um, countries on the fringes, Poland, for example, who have taken 970,000 Ukrainian refugees, 970,000 compared to already 4,000, and countries like Italy and Greece on the borders um, with the Mediterranean have a disproportionate impact. If we're a European Union, surely the borders should be spread. And that's the, that's the idea behind this proposed agreement. But as you say, it appears to be, you know, that we can either some countries can either take in uh, the refugees, uh, or pay twenty thousand euro per refugee that they don't take in um, to basically buy themselves out of it. That's that's my reading of it. Now, um, to, like to devil's advocate it a bit though, uh, though
0: uh, Brennan, the, it is possible to look at it and say, well, look, part of the the European Union project has been um, a. a a a real politic understanding that not everything is equal for everyone. So the poorer states getting subvention from the richer states, um, certain states with, like us, with significant um, fisheries that we have to protect and therefore bear a greater burden compared to some states who have none. So can you not make the argument that says, look, it is the luck of the draw that you happen to be on a border with either um, Russia or Eastern Europe or that you happen to be on a border with the Mediterranean and therefore you have to deal with issues that some of the rest of us might not?
1: Well, the look of the draw, yes. Uh, um, Certainly, you know, geography is geography, you know. Um, Nevertheless, the the most, uh, the country that takes in the most refugees uh, most years is Germany, um, which isn't on the border of of any of these countries. But but in general, you're correct. Um, Greece, Italy, you know, Poland in terms of the Ukraine war. Um, and perhaps you could be, you know, less cynical than your question. And perhaps my response was and say, well, countries that aren't on those borders could at least contribute to the, the, the emergency aid by, by donating other sorts of aid, uh, with financial aid or, or, or logistical support, as it's called, um, which is the, the three ways of doing it. So, and it's better than nothing. Um, I think there, there is a, it, it does herald, I suppose, or it does provide for us to have a wider conversation because the issue of immigration, of course, is, is, is uh, becoming increasingly um, difficult. Uh, look what's happened in the UK around Brexit, where it seems to be what to spend half our lives talking about. Um, and even here, you know, we, we have, we have um, people talking about it. And, and it does give us an opportunity to just reflect. We are, as I say, lucky to be in the European Union, an area of protection. Nobody wants these events happening. Nobody wants a climate catastrophe. Nobody wants a fascist invasion of Ukraine. Nobody wants what's been going on in Syria. Nobody wants the Taliban in Afghanistan. But when these things happen, we are fortunate to be in an area of protection. And we ourselves, as the Irish population ourselves, have been protected through our years of imperialism by... Uh, massive uh, emigration to the United States or other places in Europe, Australia, of course. Um, So it does allow us to have the conversation, to have things in perspective and see how we can help. Because um, you often see the far right making the case that people coming here, for example, shouldn't be coming here because it can't possibly be their first port of call and they should be housed in their first port of call. So, you know, it it addresses that. And that's not fair. Poland. That's not fair to Italy. That's not fair to Greece. That's not fair to Spain. Um, and we have to play our part. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the discussions between the...
0: Although the to that though, Brendan, is, is that, that again goes to that thing of being able to pay your way out of the problem. Do, does that... Are we creating a situation where we push the refugee problem, to use that phrase to poorer nations, because we're able to say that either through incapacity or ineptitude, we're not able to house them. Therefore, we'll reach into our very wealthy pockets by European Union standards and we'll make this somebody else's problem, which will become an absolute proving ground for the far right to use and to foment unrest and anger and resentment and racism and all that goes with it. But sure, it won't be on our doorstep and we can forget about it.
1: Well, you know, it would appear, given the three options that this opens up, that there is the potential for that. But as as as, as we just said there, it probably is better the countries and some countries would, would contribute financially to the emergencies happening on our borders, on the European borders, to not contribute anything at all. Uh, to be fair to Ireland now, and, I'm, and I'm often be, I've am i often been critical of policymakers. In fact, I've spent most of my adult life being critical of Irish policymakers. But to be fair to Ireland in terms of the, the, the emergency at the moment, I think, you know, Ireland has stood up. Um, and has, despite the fact that we're, we're, you know, on the fringes of the European Union, we have done the best that we can to take as many refugees as we can, and certainly in the Ukraine situation. Now, <clears throat> how they're housed and how they're looked after and whether we're making the best of all our resources here, Andrew and doing, Anton, in doing so, um, that's another debate. But in terms of sheer numbers, um, we certainly we certainly, as a nation, you know, have stood up and and seem to be doing the best that we can. Unfortunately, we're going to need to continue to do it. And the European Union needs to continue to do it because it would appear that these crises, um, even if the war in in Ukraine was somehow to be solved, and even if everybody everybody stopped fighting with each other, the climate emergency and displacement of of peoples in the Horn of Africa, for example, at the moment, even at the moment, um, is horrendous. So climate displacement is going to create these problems on an ongoing basis, it looks like, anyway. So I welcome the fact, broadly speaking, that the, the EU ambassadors are, are getting their heads around this, are trying to spread the burden however they do it. There was a okay. kind of a theme in the row last week between Italy and Germany about, you know, the Italians didn't want sea rescue taking place uh, and the Germans held the line on that. So I, re- I welcome the fact that at least we're getting through these issues, on.
0: It takes a member states need to discourage mass migration as long as the Liberal West maintain this open-door policy. Those migrating will do little or nothing to affect changes in their own countries, whatever about the issue of climate-driven migration, which is obviously something that uh, will take time, if it is ever achieved, to, to change. Is the logical extrapolation, Brennan, if Europe is going to coalesce in relation to how to deal with refugees from things like war and oppression, is the logical extrapolation to say, well, maybe it is time to coalesce and take a more active role in those wars and in the control of geopolitics that caused this mass migration?
1: Well, before you try to get me to attack neutrality, let me just deal with your texture there, first of all. Um, It would be great um, if we could take a moral position here in Ireland that what's going on in terms of climate emergency didn't really affect us here, and therefore, um, you know, they'll have to suffer in Africa, and we should. It's not our concern. Um, It's the industrialization of the planet. Uh, by by Asia, by the Europe by Europe, and by the United States that has led to climate emergency. Now, I know some people don't accept that, but you know I believe in science, so that's the facts. And we cannot just morally then uh, allow that massive displacement of tens of millions of people to take place and say it's nothing to do with us, much as your text might like it to.
0: And but what about the involvement the war in war and geopolitics?
1: Yeah, but in terms of the war and the geopolitics, look at you know. I I would love to come on to you some other day and talk about talk about neutrality. I I my view on Irish neutrality is you know, we need to be a neutral nation, but we're not a neutral nation, we're a vassal state. Um any any state that declares itself neutral but isn't isn't doesn't know what's going on in its sea, doesn't know what's going on in its air, relies on support from the RAF and has uh, NATO and Russian warships squaring up Look at each other up and down within our seawaters and it can't do anything about it is a vassal state it's not a neutral state. Well so I, I think, we I, I think on that one Brendan I,
0: I will agree with you not in the sentiment but in the fact that the statement Ireland as a vassal state requires more time to dedicate to it than we can in what it we does, have remaining. So thank you very much for coming on this evening we'll park that and come back to it at a later stage. That is Brendan O'Gan, a trade unionist and um, a trade union activist for as he describes it all of his adult life. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Codahy. With Nissan. Weekdays from 4. On News Talk.